Mark chapter 4, I want to begin reading in uh, verse uh, 37. We'll look at verse 37 and 36, 37, 38 today. Let's look at it. It says, and, uh, and there arose a fierce gale of wind, and the waves were breaking over the boat so much that the boat was already filling up. Jesus himself was in the stern asleep. Okay, there arose a fierce gale wind and the waves were breaking over the boat. In other words, they had a flood. Text says Jesus was what? On a cushion. And they woke him up and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? I want to talk about today, part two, when you decide to live for Jesus. Amen? When you decide to live for Jesus. When you decide to live for Jesus, you made a choice. There was a transfer that happened in the, in the spiritual realm. God's action from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. Spiritually, you didn't see what was happening. As a matter of fact, there are 133 things that happens to the believer upon salvation. Amen. That believer is first baptized in the spirit, sealed with the spirit, filled with the spirit. Amen. The propitiation for your sins have been paid for. Uh, you've been justified. Amen. There's a whole lot of things that happens to you positionally. You're placed before God righteously. God, in that transaction, when you decided to live for him, amen, he provided everything you needed so that you can live this Christian life. But oftentimes we have unrealistic expectations. And unrealistic expectations can be very disappointing in the Christian journey. For instance, you thought that if you did A, B, C, D, God would do the rest. Are you with me? You believe somehow that if you followed a, a set of rules or a set of, you know, principles that your life would have turned out differently. But I stopped by to tell you that every disciple except for John died a horrible death. And when you look at the history of Christianity, you ask yourself a question, why so much pain? Why so much suffering? Why? And you have a lot of why questions, but the one thing you have to understand about the Christian journey is that no matter what it may look like at times, amen, when you decide to live for Jesus, there will be things that you will face 
that you probably will never face in your entire life. But the one thing you have to always remind yourself of is that you're not alone. What to know is new every morning. The Bible says that mercy renews. There's a renewal on it every morning. Because see, for if, if God's mercy doesn't renew on us, then God's mercy has a demand. I wish I had somebody. And God's justice has a demand, and that demand is his mercy. Are you with me? What does that mean, Pastor? What I mean is we are not perfect beings. But it's because God's mercy is new every morning that it takes care of the demands that the justice of God requires, which means he renders us forgiveness, grace, come on somebody, so that we don't really get what we deserve. Aren't you glad you didn't get what you deserve? Aren't you, aren't you, aren't you glad that God, in his infinite wisdom, he has not given you really what you deserve? And oftentimes, the most courageous thing you can ever do in your life is live for Jesus. Because when living for, when you decide to really live for Jesus, you and I will face things. But we are overcomers. We are God's children. We are a chosen generation. Come on, somebody. God's people. But when you decide to live for him, is it, important, it is important that your expectations, write this down, are aligned with his word. I'm going to say it one more time. That your expectation of God should align with his word. Because if, if not, you'll be very disappointed. You have to realize that what you expect from him, if it's not in his word, then it doesn't give him glory. I expect God to keep me. I expect God to, you know, keep me in good health. I mean, after all, I'm serving you, God. I never forget before I really got saved, <clears throat> You know, my first conversion was, wasn't real. <laughs> I was going to church because I wanted to keep my marriage together. And, and I realized that now is a good reason to go to church. <laughs> and, and we used to go over these people's houses who were working with the kids and stuff. And I would wonder, I said, I would wonder, I said, why are they so committed? But the wife was always sick. Always, oh, that picture will never leave my mind, you know, for a long time, but until I became a Christian and I understood that her suffering in the physical wasn't so much her suffering in the physical, but it was about a spiritual battle. And I want to say to some of us here today, oftentimes we don't realize that the battle that we're dealing with is in the spirit. Are you following me? And see, when you live for Jesus, you're going to be attacked. When you live for Jesus, you're going to struggle. But listen, let me flip the coin. When you live for Jesus, you will prosper. 
When you live for Jesus, you will have success. You will be blessed and highly favored and all that. But you got to remember, even that is a test. Because you can't get so high where God can't reach you. So low where you feel like you can't reach him. Are you with me? The passage of scripture we saw last week, they, these disciples, here's the thing you have to understand. It, in chapter 2, chapter 3, what Jesus is doing in chapter 2 is he had just called them. This is Mark's account. He had just called them to follow him. And then what he did, he gave them the power, authority, to cast out demons, to heal the sick. You see, in, in your Christian journey, what I found out is that we're going to have mountaintop experiences. But, but don't get mesmerized by the miracles and don't forget the valleys. Because oftentimes we want to stay on the mountaintop Amen. But we forget about the valley. You're going to have to come through the valley at some point. But even though you go through the valley, come on, help me somebody. He said, you're not alone. Amen. You are not a permanent resident of the valley because the text says in Psalm 23, you're walking through the valley. Anybody here stuck in the valley? Anybody, maybe you've bought some real estate in the valley. Amen. Maybe you feel like you'll never come out the valley. I stopped by to tell you when you decide to live for Jesus, you can pass through that valley. The text is in interesting because the disciples now, they just became disciples. They watched Jesus preached about the kingdom and now they got here and I told you last week, if you look at it, it says in verse 35, on that day, when evening came, he said to them, let us go over to the other side. Told you last week they had to leave the comfort zone. Leaving the crowd, they took him along with them. I believe that the writer really emphasizes this because you have to understand something that when you decide to live for Jesus, you can't forget when you accepted Jesus. You got to always keep that in mind. Text says he left the crowd and uh, with them in the boat, and just as he and just as he was, other boats with. Amen. When you decide to live for Jesus, watch this. It says, and there arose a fierce fierce gale of wind. Now I looked up this word wind. And remember, they're on, they're on, they're on the Sea of Galilee. And these were the field fishermen. They had seen storms before. They had experienced stuff like this in their lives before they decided to live for Jesus. This word, this word wind, it, it's equivalent to a hurricane. So they are in the midst of a hurricane. I'm going to give you five things today and hopefully you walk away with it. And I got a few minutes left. Amen. I promise you, I'm going to get you there. Amen. So the first thing you have to write down is this. What's live for Jesus mean that storm come? Write it down. Expectation 
difference. People, people think, man, listen, when I first fought my first false conversion, when I gave my life to Jesus, I thought I gave my life to Jesus. I thought, man, my life is just going to be perfect. My expectation was like, because that's the type of church I was in, right? They were preaching, preaching prosperity, health, wealth, all that kind of stuff, but they didn't preach the gospel. They did not preach the gospel. They told me everything. God has a wonderful plan for your life. Boy, when those storms came, listen, y'all, I got blindsided. Anybody been blindsided? They told you to believe God's word. Stand on this promise. Stand on the promise. Go get some oil and go get some water and sprinkle it around your house. And your marriage is going to change. They didn't tell you you got to change inside out. Come on, help me somebody. You hear what I'm saying to you? Amen. And, and listen, listen, listen. The One of the greatest journeys you'll ever live is a Christian life. But the thing is, what we have to understand is, it doesn't mean that storms are coming. Is this really happening to me? Anybody been there? Financial storm. Relational storm. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Issues at work. Issues. Many times people think for some reason they are untouchable after they accept Jesus. Storms will come to test the validity, the genuineness and the strength of your faith is a reason for the storm. The disciples didn't know what would come next, but the last thing on their minds was storm. No, we just humans. Man, we with Jesus. We we with the man. Listen. We with the one that said he said he the Messiah. And guess what? He chose us 12. Come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. How special do you think they felt? But I thank God he doesn't play favorites. Thank God that we are all on the even plane, y'all. And you better be ready. So you got, yeah, you got flights, right? You got batteries. You got water. But still you didn't know that the water was going to come in your house. Anybody? The Bible says if you build your house on the right foundation, when the winds come, when the hurricane shows up, when everything settles down, you will still be standing. Thank God we're still standing, y'all. Who wouldn't serve a God like that? But here's what you got to be careful of. You have to be careful of a humanist view of storm. Let me just break it down. A secular view of the storm. An unsaved view of the storm because you're thinking, this came to kill me. God said, no, nah, I didn't come to kill you. come to make you better. See, because I got to work some things out of you. But come on, I'm a baby Christian. I just got saved two chapters ago. No, nah, you're ready. Watch the text. Watch the text. Watch the text. It text says, and the fierce arose a fierce gale of wind, and the waves were breaking. Up. Now listen, I can understand being in the, in the in the hurricane. I get it, but watch this. I'm watching everybody else. Like man, look, boy, shoot! I hope they make it. <laughs> sure hope they make it. 
Because you know what? I'm following Jesus. Just hope they make it. <laughs> you better get your house in. Come on, y'all. <laughs> you know we say that. Better get your house in order. Right? Right? Because my house is in order. Right? 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 Watch this. Watch this. Text says, the waves were breaking over the boat so much that the boat was already what? Hold on a second. Write this down. Doesn't mean that storms won't come. But it doesn't mean you won't be affected by the storm. It does not mean that you and I will not be affected by the storm. We're thinking, yeah, I got my stuff together, man. Shoot, I'm, I'm going to church. I'm tithing. I'm... But hold on now. I see a leak. God is testing that human part of them. Just like he tests us. We can say all day long we love God. We can say all day long, man, I mean, God is good all the time. Man, bro, let me testify and all this other stuff. But when your boat start filling up, when you start being affected, when stuff start coming down the pipeline, you're like, Lord, I don't know what I'm going to do now. God, I, what, what is going on? Listen, listen, I followed you. Hold on a minute. The water is filling the boat. The reality of this may have been shocking to them. Think about it. They took Jesus along with them. And the boat is what? I'm saying what? They took Jesus with them as he was. But the boat is. Why is this happening to me? What, why is this pastor happening to me? I did the right thing. You see, you got to understand the storm ain't really, 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 really going to affect you if you know how to look at the storm. See, oftentimes our view of the storm is from a position of fear and not faith. We're thinking we're about to lose everything. You, you, yeah, you ever think about it? You ever think about that? Like, the, the first sign of adversity, we think the worst. I mean, seriously, we, we, we don't, we're not, we're not optimistic enough or have that faith to say, man, God, you know, you know what? Maybe, maybe you want me to upgrade my car. Yeah, but I want to hold on to this thing. <laughs> and God, you know, you God say, man, I want you to upgrade, but you just won't get it. Okay, all right, okay, then you're going to go. And then every way you go to try to get it fixed, they say, it ain't fixable. Then you say, well, I don't want no note, God. I want no note. Well, God said, you should have been planning before because I already had the upgrade in mind for you. Sometimes God's got to position us for us to move. Why does he have to position us for us to move? Why can't we just move? Water's filling up. Come on, somebody. In Mark 3.15, he says he gave them the authority to cast out demons. You cast out demons. You caught them. It was the same week in a boat that you know how to swim in. 
that you are professionals, <laughs> but now all of a sudden, what happened to all your skills? Wait. Is, this, is God just that unfair that he would bring them out there to take their lives? You see what they're thinking? Let's bring it closer to home for you. What are you thinking? In your, in your uncertain situation, health, finances, relationship, what, what are you thinking? You see, when you, you, you will be affected, but the effects... It's not to destroy you, it's to grow you. See? Watch this, watch this. Watch verse 38. Verse 38 now is the, this, this part, this is why I had to cut it short. Watch this. And Jesus himself, the same Jesus. I wonder why they say Jesus himself. The same, because look, fear will cause you to see things. Just like when he was walking on the water, you know, with Peter, right? They thought they saw a ghost. It tells me something about the mental makeup of fear, right? Fear will mess with your mind, right? But watch what he says. He said Jesus himself, Jesus himself was in the what? What was he doing? He was asleep. They brought Jesus along for security. They brought Jesus along for superstition. And they brought Jesus along for safety and none of that worked. Can you imagine? Can you imagine that you followed him for that reason and everything you followed him for didn't work? But the storms reveal what you really believe. Watch this. He's asleep. Write this down. It doesn't mean that Jesus has abandoned you. Your situation, our situation, situation, our situation could be so deep, right? That we think that he has abandoned us because he's asleep. Because listen, you've been praying and praying and praying and praying and you ain't getting no answer. Every door you knock on is closing. Because for some reason, you may think Jesus has abandoned you. When you decide to live for Jesus for real, he'll never leave you. I'm going to give you a principle here in a second. Because I needed this for this journey that I'm on right now. This God gave me this privately first. Because I was in a state of panic. And I'm like, God, how did you bring me? Why did you bring me this far? And now here I am. I'm left with the bag. You understand what I'm saying? And I'm asking these questions, right? And I was, in, I was so distraught. And then he brought me to this. Ezra 7.10 is my life verse. Ezra set his heart to study, to practice, and then teach. This got to go for me first before I can give it to you. I got to at least, at least live it so I can preach it. Watch this now. Watch the text. text says, he's understand asleep on a cushion of that. Right? Look, 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 look at the text. Look at the text. Text says, and they woke him up. 
Watch what the text says. And they woke him and said to him, teacher. Well, let's just stop with waking him up real quick. Write this down. When you decide to follow Jesus, the fourth thing is this. It doesn't mean your faith will not be tested. You know what God revealed to me? Check it out. If I'm on the boat with you and you're on the boat with me and you see me sleep, you should come crawl up next to me. You should come and lay right next to me because guess what? If I'm not worried about the storm, why are you worried about the storm? So why are you so worried about the storm? Listen, not going off and worrying every day about it doesn't mean you're not concerned about it. But if Jesus is asleep, tell your neighbor, stop waking him up. He's asleep for a reason. He's sleep in the midst of a Do you not know that he knew that there was a hurricane going on up there? Where he was is where we need to be. Come on, somebody. Listen, just bring me my pillow and I'm going to come right next to him. Guess what? Any one of us would do the same thing. Right? The point that Jesus was trying to get across was, if you have me in the boat with you, what are you worried about? That's that moment I had. I call it the God moment where I had with God when he's like, I'm with you, Derek. I control everything. Listen, I am in control of everything according to Colossians chapter 1. He says he is in all things, through all things, and in him all things hold together. So if I'm down here, can I tell somebody something here today? Rest yourself, will you? Stop being in an uproar about everything. Just rest yourself. You're so worried and bothered about so much, so many things that you can't change. But Jesus is saying, come Lay next to me. Don't wake him up. Stop waking him up. Can he not handle it? Yes, he can. Watch this. Watch what it says next. It says, and look what they said to him. I'm trying to figure this out. It's, they said to him, teacher. First of all, they called him teacher, but they didn't yet understand his teaching. Watch the text. Text says, do you not, look at the first thing they said to him. Do you not care that we are perishing? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute for a second. First of all, um, was the water getting down there where Jesus was? He's in the stern of the boat, right? Is, is not the boat filling up? He was on a waterbed, see? (laughs) 
but let's not escape this fact too. Watch this. When you read verse 36, right at the end of verse 36, it says, there were other boats. What was going on with those other boats? Was the storm just affecting them? Tell you never when you decide to live for Jesus. How many lives were lost that day? See? Watch this. They woke him up. They said, don't you care? Isn't that what we do? Come on, y'all. Tell the truth. Isn't that what we do? God, you don't care about me. Look how jacked up my life is now. But you don't realize that you're the one that jacked up your own life. It wasn't Jesus that jacked up your life. It was you that jacked up your life. And now you're blaming Jesus for jacking up your life. No. Now you got in the boat with him and you're thinking, oh, my life ain't going to be jacked up no more because I'm following Jesus. But hey, let me give you something. Here's the thing. Last point. It doesn't mean, it doesn't mean Jesus don't care when you decide. To follow Jesus. This cry that they made to Jesus was a cry of reproach. They called him teacher, but they didn't understand his teaching. What was going on with them? They, what an accusation. What disrespect. Who would think that Jesus would bring them this far? Tell your neighbor, he didn't bring me this far to lead me. The Lord gave me that so clearly. He said, Derek, if you believe me, I will show you things that you've never seen before. If you stop making accusations and thinking I don't care, I know your heart. I know what you think. I know what you speak. I know what you live. But if you believe me, know this, that I care about you. The Bible says no one can snatch us out of God's hands. Because we belong to God. Does he care? Let me see. When things are not going my way, does he still care? If he sleep, then I ought to sleep also. And if you don't take nothing out of this today, you ought to do this. You ought to say, God, I don't understand. But I'm going to follow your example. And so if my pastor is chill, I'm going to be chill. Come on, somebody. Because if we're all in the same boat going the same way, then guess what? We will overcome. Individually, corporately, and all that. We will overcome this. Whatever we're going through, this COVID-19, all of it eventually will come to it. But in the meantime, stop thinking that God don't care about you. Stop playing the pity party. Everybody left me. I've been abandoned my whole life. You with me? But Psalm 27 is what I held on to. When my father and my mother forsook me, Lord will take me up. Teach me thy way, O Lord. And lead me in the path of righteousness. And I'm trying to help somebody with something. I want you to know that God has never... And will never be unfair.
You don't know why that happened. You don't understand why Big Mama had to go. You don't understand why Daddy had to go and all this other stuff. But let me help you with something. God is still in control. And one day when your time comes, when you punch in that last time clock, hallelujah, you can say, Pastor, I was resting with Jesus. You see, people are in search of meaning. Everybody's looking for meaning. Everybody's looking for purpose. And, and, and these people, many people today say they have to find themselves. Uh, these people are running around trying to find out who they are. They're searching for meaning. And if you don't know who you are, how do you know what to look for? <laughs> how do you know when you have found it? Since you don't know what you're looking for, <laughs> then how do you know? For instance, toasters don't find themselves. Refrigerators don't find themselves. Appliances don't find themselves because their purpose has been assigned by somebody else. A toaster doesn't have to find its reason for being. It's just got to do what the manufacturer had in mind for it to do. Christians don't have to look for themselves. God has already co-signed to us a divine reason for being, a purpose to fulfill. And if you're not fulfilling those purposes, days, weeks, months go by as you watch more television, hook up with more friends, and try to get better jobs, and our lives still feel empty because we are disconnected from the purpose of God. When you're disconnected from the purpose of God, you will always look elsewhere for your purpose. Not knowing what you're looking for. But when you, fo when you follow Jesus, when you live for Jesus, when you decide to live for Jesus, don't set yourself up. You'll have these storms, but you will overcome. Give God a hand clap of praise. Praise God for his word.